Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Look, I got to give it to this Arizona crowd, man. They have stuck in here, and they are cheering their team on in a 10-to-1 game. Hardly anybody has left. It's impressive. Final hour, fist pump time on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. This is your home of the World Series champion Texas Rangers with Sean Shreve, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Belt. We'll head out to Surprise with Crosstalk with KMC at 940. We got Peyton and Rai Rai in the back, and we are getting set to be joined by John Smoltz, who DFW believed, and many of us, was not necessarily rooting for the Rangers during the playoff run hater that's the way that's the way it came off to a lot of it Peyton trying to get Smoltz on the phone uh apparently he is out on the golf course and that would be interesting <laughs> if he did not show up but I've always liked Smoltz I have always liked yeah. Smoltz this is going to be painful to do what we're what we're going to have to do here in he, just a second he was a great interview last year we, we had a great conversation leading up to this event he's always a great interview you get him on you know college basketball you get him on golf you get him on youth sports and he always crushes it we have john smoltz on now via the dnm leasing hotline here on sean and rj good morning john how are you good morning guys i'm doing good what hole are you on i'm on hole number five how are you playing uh even par lip out uh, a few i'm in a, i'm in a really bad putting funk right now that i'm trying to work out before i get to dallas <laughs> um but everything else is right where i want it to be i just got to get the putter going what is the best part of your game you know um i always felt like it was length and now that i'm yeah. 56 the uh, length it's relevant but it's a little bit different than it was and I always felt like I was a decent putter, never really three putt. And then the final stage in Q school this past year really put me in a funk. I, uh, I, I, uh, I've been trying to battle back since then. This was like Barkley on that. What was that show where 
Hank Haney? Was this a Barkley Hank Haney thing where a technique or something got stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it? Well, kind of what more or less, um, you know, as a avid fan of golf, I never used to understand why do guys from the West Coast not putt well in the East and vice versa? Mm. And I get it. When you change surface, and that's what happened. I the first stage was in Florida. Uh, I didn't have a round over 25 putts. The second stage was in um, Arizona, and I have a round under eight, under 38 putts. So wow, that's kind of uh, kind of the story of what has been. And it's really just it's more or less speed oriented for me. I, I lose my speed, and then I, I lose that connectivity. John Smoltz here on 105.3 The Fan. John, you know that we've had you on multiple times. We love having you on. But we do have an elephant in the room. Do you know what that elephant is? Oh, I probably I probably do. It's every year around this time after a World Series. Does it have something to do with the World Series? Yes, it does. <laughs> and, and the ALCS and the ALDS. Yeah. All the S's. Yeah, it's, the mo- it's the most ridiculous uh, – <laughs> It's the most ridiculous claim in the history of baseball, but it's all right. I was told that's what's going to happen when I get into this job. People are so used to their local broadcast that they have no conceptual idea that we come in neutral. And our play-by-play guy, Joe Davis, is going to call a home run as excited for the other team, as excited for the other team. And Joe Buck told me, he said, listen, when you get into this, don't pay attention to everybody thinking you're rooting for somebody else. Just do your job, and that's what I've done. It, it really is ridiculous. Um, Atlanta in the World Series against Houston, I got more criticism from the Atlanta fans that I wasn't a homer and I wasn't rooting for the Atlanta Braves. So if that doesn't tell you all you need to know. Now, did you hear about the – it's just every year the same, or did you hear about uh, the Texas Ranger fan base complaints during – the playoffs or the world series. Do you get that feedback? No, I don't pay attention and I could care less. It has not, it has no relevancy whatsoever. And so I don't have any social media and um, you know, my job is to call a game neutral. And like I said, when I did the Atlanta Braves series, uh, which was the hardest series that I've had so far, just from a, a perception standpoint, everybody felt like, that I wasn't – everyone knows I played for the Atlanta Braves. And so that comes without – that comes without anybody having to look it up. So um, the call in the World Series all the way back from the Chicago Cubs to this one, nothing has changed. And thank God I don't have any social media because I'd be meeting <laughs> some people in places. <laughs> John Smoltz joins here at 105 through the fan. So just like nerding out here, like do you – or to Joe Buck or Joe Davis, do y'all like approach a series with like a storyline in mind, like going into it uh, and then react from that? Or is it completely cold? Yeah. Well, basically, you know, Joe Davis, and I'm sure a lot of people have a little bit of the same tone. A lot of people may think I'm saying certain things. Joe Davis is talking about the storyline and he's calling the game as any play-by-play should. I'm looking in the game for moments that could change a series or what a player is going through or what he's thinking. And I'm looking at it as if I was playing against the other team and vice versa. So when I'm talking about what a pitcher is trying to do to the hitter and what a hitter is trying to look for for a pitcher, that's just studying and working and seeing trends. Um, This World Series and this playoffs 
was unbelievable. There nothing made sense. And that's what made it so unique and so great. And that's why it's one of the best championships I've seen in a long time from the route that the Rangers took. And they have something special. And I said it throughout the entire broadcast, even though it seems like none of your fans listened <laughs> to it. I said it that they have a special sauce in their locker room that the analytics cannot explain, cannot, you know, it, it's just something you can't explain. And it's because the manager and the management were so connected. And they, they did things um, in ways and made moves and just hung in there. And it's just a credit. No way ever will a team go undefeated on the road again, ever. And that is just, I, I still, I shake my head. I, I go, man, you, having gone through this and done it my whole life, this is not what you're supposed to be able to do, and they did it. So for the record, Chris Young never <laughs> Chris Young never kicked your dog ever. Uh, you, you're not having, you don't have a Diamondbacks hat on. You're not waiting for game nine to take place. So Arizona can come back for the record, John. No, no, not at all. That's good. It's good to know the Diamondbacks fandom didn't uh, affect the objectivity then. That, that, that's good. So, uh, what do you, when you look at this Rangers team as they're trying to bounce back, John, and, and, and carry over the momentum into this next season with a lot of injuries to the pitching staff. They've got Corey Seager, who's going to be missing time during spring training. Now, Josh Young is hurt. Uh, how do you look at, at Texas's prospects entering this year in a tough AL West? They just got to hang in there until they get healthy. They got to piece things together like they did last year. Um, they won't be – what they went through last year will serve them well. It's not a game plan or a strategy you want to live by. Like, you don't want to keep pulling off those kind of triumphs. But when you go through tough stre- stretches, you've been there, done that. When you're back is when you got to win – all those games on the road, like they did, done that. So they're not going to be – no deficit or lead is going to bother this team, and that's 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 pretty special. John Smoltz joins us here at 105. The fan, he'll be playing the Invited Celebrity Classic coming up in April. Um, when y'all won in 95, did you find that in 96 that there was like a – because you guys have been building to that. The Rangers came out of nowhere and won, so maybe a little bit different. But did the was there like a honeymoon period – or did the fans get, like, hungrier that they finally got a taste of the title and they wanted it even more, and there was more pressure the next year? Yeah, I think 96, we were going to prove to the world, you know, we were built for this, and we were going to go on a four-out-of-five run. Had we won in 96, we would have done that, no doubt. We lost in 96 in a really brutal way, and it changed our team, our roster. People got traded. Um, it really dramatically changed the direction of our club. John, when you look at DeGrom and Scherzer, I'm I'm on the pessimistic side of, okay, whatever you get back, they're not going to come back and ever be, especially Max with some of the age. Uh, but you have the injury and age concerns over both of them. As a Hall of Fame pitcher yourself, what do you think we can expect from, from, from these two studs? Well, the good news is they know how to pitch. So when they get healthy, that's not going to be something they got to relearn. The Browns challenge is going to be one that, look, it's the second Tommy John. And when you go through two, you know, you're trying in your mind, I would think, to try to do things differently so that you don't repeat the same thing over again, right? So whether it's training, whether it's certain regiments, um, hopefully he can get back to the place where he was because he's the most dynamic starting pitcher in our generation. As far as Max and the others, I mean, they're – 
They've been there, done that. It's just a matter of time, really. And that's the one good news about a veteran pitcher when he's been through his share of injuries. Nothing's really going to bother him until he's able to get back out there and, and be healthy and prove he, he knows how to pitch. John, there's still a lot of guys unsigned around the sport. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery's one of them, and, and I know the Rangers would love to have him back here. Um, it, if he were to come back, you know, in the next week, would he even have enough? Would he have enough time to get ready for opening day, or are we kind of already past that? You know, pitchers can kind of get their reps in on their own. It's still not the same. You really do need, you kind of really need to get in some game action. So to say, would he be ready? Maybe a little bit, but not game ready. And that's that's the one thing spring training does for pitchers. They're going to be in shape, but it's the game reps. It's the up and down. It's the things like that that you need, really, really need to get yourself going for the start of the season. You know, you can throw your side sessions and simulate and do all that, and you'll be fine. But it's to be fair, some of these guys who haven't signed now, it's going to take them a minute to get ready. Yeah, John, you know, we, we've had a lot of discussion here in DFW about Jack Leiter and just the expectations that were placed on him. And he's had a lot of struggles these first couple of years in, in the minor leagues. He's entering spring training now, hopefully has, has worked on a lot of this. How tough is it for a pitcher like that, you know, kind of a, a, a legacy guy being, you know, he's Al Leiter's son. He was a big-time SEC pitcher, top pick. How tough is it to – come up through the minor league system and, and achieve that potential and that kind of weight that's sitting on him. Man, I tell you, he's got it. He's got a hard, um, from, from that standpoint, he's got it hard, but he's a young kid. He's got his head on, right. He's got his dad, obviously pitching the big leagues, um, tremendous talent. He's got to put in his work, try not to chase results in the minor leagues. That's easier said than done. You've got to be able to make quality pitches and learn how to adjust on the fly. And he's going to be a big contributor to the Rangers, I think, especially given what they have going for him right now, um, you know, in the starting pitching department, and they could use some depth. You know, and, and not just lighter, but you look at the the youth movement that Texas has. They obviously got there with a, a lot of big-time veteran players, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager last year. But the outlook for the Rangers with a guy like Evan Carter, who came up and had the contribution he did in October, Josh Young making the all-star team last year, and then Wyatt Langford, who everybody seems really excited about um, and, and, you know, drew some comparisons pre-draft from some people that like Trout. When you look at, at the Rangers' future in that core, specifically with Carter and Langford in the outfield, how, how bright is that, and how quick do you think those contributions could come? Well, certainly young players who contribute now are, are – this is unbelievable how many young players contribute. It's a young game, right? They've got them in, you're getting them done, they're prepared. And the Rangers went through a lot of rough spats, pat, patches to get to this point to utilize that draft picks and those talents. So they're in a great place, and – you know, winning their first, which is always fun to see. You want a team to get off that snide. I'm a, I'm a diehard Lions fan, so if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about me um, and my rooting ability for my team to win their first, this is this is a great thing for their organization. And moving forward, they're, like I said, they've got a sustained run in them. You know, he, he mentioned like Wyatt Langford. He's only played 44 games in the minors. Like, is there a too fast, even though he's like shooting up the system all the way to AAA, is there a, a, a too-quick approach to get him up to the majors? Well, I like to think that's going on throughout the, throughout the game. I mean, I, I just can't imagine 
being thrust in the big leagues two years earlier than I was ready. But these guys are playing in showcase games. They're ready. They're, they're doing things we never did. So they're more ready for the moment. There is a danger. You've got to know the, the kid's uh, personality and how he's going to handle failure because that's right there in front of him. And if he can handle it, then it's going to serve him well. I mean, the guys you mentioned, they're, they're going to be really good. But don't think they're going to come out and be studs all the time. They're going to go through their moments. They need to go through those, those failure points so they learn to become even better. It's going to be the Celebrity Classic. We're going to be out there. So will John Smoltz, Las Colinas Country Club, April 15th through the 21st. Are you feeling better or worse of finishing six, which you did last year? You, you're going over or under last year's sixth-place finish right now. Oh, I'll be better. I'll, I'll be better than six. I, can, I did not have a really good tournament, but that's, that's okay. And uh, – I'm just. I maybe I should. Should I change my apparel? Because I did have a Diamondbacks hat. I was going to wear. Yeah. No. Go full heel mode. Wear it. You, absolutely wear it. You might feel like you're playing in enemy territory. You know, like yeah. you're going into an NL East yeah. an NL East enemy enemy territory. Yeah. I I don't even own uh, anything other than golf hats, but. Um, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. The tournament has got a great cause to it and the component, and it'll be a lot of fun. John, thank you for the time, man. Thanks for being a good sport. We'll see you out there. Enjoy the rest of your round. You got it. Okay, thanks, guys. John Smoltz, DNM Leasing Hotline, InvitedCelebrityClassic.com. Romo Pudge, DeMarcus Ware, Pujols, Greg Maddox, Clemens, Marcus Allen, Joe Carter, Reggie Bush, Vince Carter, Adam Thielen, Larry the Cable Guy, all going to be out there. Let's react to that. And Jay Billa says, lock up all the college basketball fans next on Sean and RJ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, John Smoltz reaction after the Fox analyst and Hall of Fame pitcher just joined us uh, to talk about the Celebrity Classic taking place in Las Colinas. Uh, let's just say they, uh, they're they not buying what he be selling, okay? Uh, they're saying, well, some people said one person said he was a good sport. Awful, never have uh, him back. Hold, hold on, hold on. The one person that said he was a good sport. Could you give me that area code, please? I don't know it. It says 678. Oh, 678, Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> is that Atlanta? Yes, it is. 678-404. Those are Atlanta. Uh, let's see. Good sports. See, uh, he's blank and lying. Awful. Never have him back. Uh, boo this man. Uh, you guys are radio professionals. Um, let's you. see. Uh, was that may it? be an insult, actually. <laughs> we shouldn't be so professional. I hope you guys ruined his golf day. 
get him off the air. We don't care. He has to say, I dislike him even more now. Wow. Uh, he, he was so smug. His smug butt came on and proved me wrong. Here's, here's, that's, you said in recent weeks, the greatest heel of all time is The Rock. With the Rock. The Rock. That's he the, should go nope, full heel. Nope. Now it's Smoltz. Smoltz is the greatest heel of all time. He gets confronted with that. And what does he say? He goes, I wish I had social media. I'd be challenging guys to fights. We'd be meeting up in parking lots. I'm going to wear my D-backs hat to Listen. this invited celebrity classic. He is he is leaning into the heel. He if, is he if, doesn't run from it. I'll give him that. If he wears a Diamondbacks hat in this tournament. Oh, my gosh. That, that would be. Listen, that would. And he's going to be here for All-Star Week. He is. That would completely turn the tables on everything. You would you would have no choice but to love him as a, just a, just a sign of respect. In fact, respect, not love. I I was we're gonna be out there. I might buy him a Diamondbacks hat. Oh my god! And say here you go. Yeah, you, you have to heat? please wear this. You want that heat? Would be heat for me. You'd be responsible for no for, for purchasing. I'd be the calling attention to that. I would be. That's it. You know. You know how much I like. like I'm out here. We're, we're at the Tarleton State game, right? You remember the the full length, the full court putt. Did you notice the yeah. Tarleton guy who was doing? The, he was wearing a Diamondbacks jersey. You know, you know the obscenities I was screaming in that guy's ear about Smoltz and everything else. We, we, we're not going to support the Diamondbacks. Chop, come on. And the first two games of the the World Series, and really the first two rounds, I wasn't buying this because I always think fans yeah. overreact to this, and it's silly. We think every announcer hates us. People hate Greg Olson now. But I did feel like he didn't celebrate the Rangers. Like, th- there's a number of different factors. I feel like he wasn't celebrating the Rangers enough. Uh, there's a number of different factors. Number one, from a Fox perspective, and the rest of the country, really, it's a fact. It is a ratings fact. It's a boring World Series. It's a very boring, lackluster World Series with the two teams that were in it. The combined wins were like the lowest ever. I think the ratings were the lowest ever, or second lowest something. I don't know. Yeah, because people didn't want to listen to Smoltz. Yeah, it just turned it off. <laughs> so it's a, it's a boring World Series matchup. How did... Uh, Right, the Rangers are still this surprise, but it's not like a true Cinderella like Arizona was um, as they were going through the AL playoffs. What was the Rangers up in this? Were they up three one? What was our lead in in in, in, in World the World Series? Yeah, they won. Yeah. They won at five. It was three to one. Yeah, so they were up three one. Right, so you were trying. It's like these are all devil's advocate. Yeah, the game five is the most justifiable one for him. In a blowout and a beatdown at halftime, the announcers want to try to keep you around. Right, the defeatist Al Michaels. He hates calling these boring, terrible Amazon Prime games. Um, and I thought maybe he missed working with Joe Buck. I don't know. We got a new play-by-play guy in there. So, but but is it really possible for you to go into? Hey, Brad Sham could you know answer this, or um, you know maybe a, a non-local team broadcaster? Is it really possible for you to go into every series having zero extra dislike? For someone, I don't think that's possible. Here, here's the thing: when he just came on here, was describing their run, and he's being very positive. It's it's the little things that I think drive people nuts. So what's what's being subtly lost here, or subtly insinuated, is that we're talking about. I mean, that Rangers run, it was magical. They had some secret sauce. There was just something about it. I think what Rangers fans hear there is. You guys had no business beating any of those teams. You're not good enough. You just had magic on your side. Like, I think people hear that from Smoltz, that it's like there's no credit to you have one of the best shortstops in the game. Probably, like, I mean, arguably the best shortstop in the game in Corsica. You have, you know, Marcus Simeon, who's been great. This rotation stepped up in a big way. Evaldi's one of the best postseason pitchers we've seen recently. There was none of that. It was, oh, look at this magic. 
what magic? Like, when is uh, when is this carriage going to turn into a pumpkin for yeah. the Rangers? And that's what I think people hated. Yeah, it felt like we weren't being put, like, on a pedestal. It's like SportsCenter, right? Like, why aren't the Mavericks the, the, the lead story? We're Sister Jean to John Smoltz. We're, uh, what Sister Jean is to, to Choppy, that's what the Rangers were to Smoltz. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're the Cinderella that I can't stand. And I'm tired we're of here for a free lunch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ti- I'm tired of the, the free lunch for uh, Jordan Montgomery or whatever. So there's uh, John Smoltz. We'll crosstalk with KMC coming up at 940. Uh, the sports topic of the week so far, court storming. After what happened between Wake Forest and Duke and Jay Billis yesterday, who, and by the way, Tolo T. Rainey was right. He heard Jay Billis right, Mm. who had a solution, and we really want this to stop on ESPN. But the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away, and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, The the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming that that could cause more problems than it would solve but you don't have to stop the court storming one time all you have to do is once they're on the court don't let them off just just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to and then court stormings will stop the next day um there's no accountability for this the fans feel like it's an entitlement and the universities like it, and the truth is, we like it. <laughs> Jay Billis going with the old Sonny from Bronx. Now, now you can't leave. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, now you can't. Peyton, never seen that movie, have you? No. I can't kill him for I that can't kill him for that one. It's very fringe. Um, great Dale? movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, but very, very fringe. Um, You've never seen it, Bobby? No, I've seen it. I, didn't know that, I don't know that I'd refer to it as fringe. I think like we referenced Bronx Tale Maybe. last segment or something about Better to be feared than loved or respected than loved. Fair. Well, it's uh, not Casino. It's better than it's Casino. Not, it's not U- Casino Universal, though. It's better than Casino, though. That's not what I'm asking. It's not what I'm saying. It's De Niro. It's Chaz. Think- uh, it's Vanilla Coke Band. What whatever was his, his last name? name Chaz Palminteri or whatever. Yeah, Terry, yeah, that's right. It is. <laughs> so that's Billis. But I feel like Richard Jefferson is the only one in media. And, and really, every coach is also coming out saying, get rid of this. Bill Self. Get rid of it. John Shire, the Wake Forest coach, get rid of it. And Michael Wilbon on PTI, PTI said this. This has to stop. There's no other opinion. Any other opinion is stupid and lazy and ignores the safety of the athletes and the fans. I've heard people say, oh, they should just delay it 30 seconds and let the fans. So fans have been hit by goalposts. Fans have trampled each other. This is stupid. It's got to stop. The NCAA morons at the top of the pyramid and the conferences, the SEC has been actually the progressive leader in this by saying, no, you will be fined six figures. Make it seven. Yeah. You got to have real security, not people just, you know, working uh, in retirement who come out of their houses and stand with with a blue jacket. No. Security. And they have to enforce it. And the schools have to be on board. And this is just another dumb thing that the NCAA has let go. And it cannot go on. What do we have to see? You sound, A kid being stretched off like the Marcus court. You Marcus Spears when you say you need more security. I was disappointed in the Wake AD. It was a really weak statement. He didn't even refer to Filipowski by name. He called him the Duke student The athlete. Duke student. Like what was that? 10,000 miles thank away. Thank you for mentioning on, that. Come on. Let's go. 
Look, look, I I understand the – it is a risk. I mean, it it is dangerous. There's no doubt about that. I I don't know what the right thing to do is. I I don't know about arresting them all. Um, Banning it. I mean, look, you can't stop – if 10,000 people want to get on the court, they're going to get on the court. Right. I don't don't care what you – now what, do you put a net up? Put, put, you know, maybe do hockey, put glass around. Right. They can't get through that. Okay, fine. Uh, but if 10,000 people want to get down there, they're going to find a way to get down there, whether you find the school or not. I, I, like I said, I've been in two of these. Like, they were fun. Were they dangerous? Sure. Was it a different world? It was the 90s. Of course it was. You know, our parents just let us go outside and play without a cell phone. Oh, my God. And they just come in, back home whenever you come back home. I'm getting in this fight with my wife as we speak about playing outside. We don't have time for it yeah, right now. It was a different world. Kids play in the front yard back then. Now everybody plays in the backyard. Nobody plays in the front yard anymore. Wow. It's just a different world we live in. You got to adapt to the times. I get it. I personally, like, I think I think storming the court is part of being a sports fan. It's part of the fabric of being a college sports fan. Now, if you want to eliminate that, fine. Like I said yesterday, move the kids back. Don't have them on the floor. You reduce the home court advantage. That's the other option. You're not going to keep them away. If they, if they want to get on the floor, no matter how many security you bring out there, they're going to get on the floor. I can I can respect this more from Will Bond than I can from that bowling pin looking <laughs> MF or Duke alum Jay Billis. Whoa! Uh, because Will Bond at least has been consistent with this for twenty years that he hates court storming. Like this has been a rant of his on PTI for years. Well, is Jay saying that should happen, or if you want it to stop, that's you say what if you want oh, it to stop. No. And hey, where was John Shire when Duke stormed the court or the rest of the field against Clemson? I didn't hear him say a word. He's probably then. on the field. Probably on the field. Yeah, he was probably storming it with it. This is just, I, I think that, no, I think Billis is suggesting something, but I think it's definitely clear when you hear Billis talk, he is not in favor of it. And it's probably because it happens to Duke so often, and he hates that. And he's he's another one of the soft dukies. That's what that what, is. What is. What is that thing called where two groups of people meet as one? The what? Du- the, the circles? The, the orgy? Meet? No, no. Oh, oh the, the Venn, Venn diagram. diagram. If you took anti-court storming, and anti-transfer portal people, I bet you it matches up it's with that. It's just a circle. I bet you it's a, it's, a, it's a flat circle or whatever it is. I bet the same people who are against the transfer portal also want to ban court storming. So there are the solutions, at least from Michael Wilbon and Jay Billis, and we still say just keep it going. Just try not to run into any pro storming. But keep it going. Back out to the home of the Rangers. Uh, KMC Crosstalk is next from Surprise. Getting set to crosstalk with the KMC Masterpiece. Heard they're heading back up from the Rangers Clubhouse where Eric Chiafalo did all his damage yesterday. Uh, in case you did not hear, Zach Wolchuk have to, having to fly back immediately after the birth of his baby girl. So, G-Bag, a man down. I saw them already having brought us drinking beer yesterday. Oh, on the air, yeah. Was it on the air? Yeah, they were uh, they, they were having beers. They had like a beer counter that they were doing during the show. So, Broadus was drunk on the air again? Uh, I mean, he sounded like he was buzzing maybe a little. Wow, they just started this on a Monday. Yeah. Drinking on the air. I mean, wow. it, it's Being funny. number one has its perks. All, 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 all the feedback I get about my drinking on the road, and here they are doing it on the air. The I other, mean, geez. The other number one show is the KMC Masterpiece Crosstalk from Surprise on the home of the Rangers. Who were you guys talking to? What were you doing, Corey? We were uh, having a chat with David Robertson, uh, who is the new relief pitcher for for the Rangers. Three kids, all pictures right there up on his uh, his locker 
Nobody else in the clubhouse has pictures of their kids up hey, in the locker. Mr. Quadruple Double, right, Kevin? Man, you really <laughs> called him out for that, too. What do you, well, uh, is that a call-out? No, no, or the, like the rest of the locker room. Oh, you yeah, really the rest of the locker room needs to it. get it together, man. Make this place home. So, yeah, we were uh, hanging out with him. Uh, we also got a, we caught up with Davis Wenzel uh, for just a little bit. Uh, I think it's interesting when it, when it comes to his career because he has Josh Young right in front of him. He was paired with Josh Young as they were drafted together. And so it's like, okay, now he sees Josh Young going off and having World Series success, and he's trying to like still find his way and push, his, push the buttons to get him that shot. So I think it's an in- interesting conversation we'll have with uh, him later on today. So you guys uh, have not broken code or anything in the clubhouse so far. That's not us. Okay. Uh, that's We don't do that. Well, yeah, we, Adrian Beltre wanted the hit, Kevin. Uh-huh. I guess oh, that yeah, was in the parking happened, lot. Yeah. That was just for his face. Yeah, that oh, was. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> No, that's because I parked <laughs> at a, the last close parking spot that was there, and Adrian Beltre just assumes that's his. Uh, Fair. So that's how he is. Yeah, that makes sense. What's coming um, up on the show? Guys, it's going to be a great show today, and I just can't <laughs> wait for all of it because uh, uh, right out of the gate, is spring training actually the most important to Nate Lowe. We have a good conversation to get into there. Uh, we got some stars discussions right out of, uh, at 1020. Big game tonight Very. versus a team that I think is better than them and they cannot beat in the playoffs. Yeah, and then Woo. I don't know if y'all heard yesterday. I, I'm hoping we get to do this again. I'm hoping there's more B games because what we did yesterday, uh, if you ever have heard you know, the, the two live mics or the three live mics that uh, G-Bag's done while they're out there at the uh, training camp, Mike went down to the B fields and watched some games yesterday, and I just thought the the insight that Mike has on being able to see pitches and talk about what these guys are doing was fantastic. And then he had a beautiful home run call for Evan Carter yesterday as well, as he was like, "Oh, that was the most half-ass call I've ever." <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let me ask you: like when I was growing up, they used to call them split squad games, and I'm sure they were split squad when you were playing too. And now they're A and B. Like, did they stop traveling? Did they stop doing that? Somewhat. So there's way more B games or split squad games now. Now, split squad would mean that split squad would mean you're playing here at home and you're sending a team on the road. Yeah, this was an inner squad game. But what was really cool about it, if you're listening yesterday at the time, is there were only six guys that were batting and it was two of them were Evan Carter and um, Wyatt Wyatt Lankford. So literally every sixth batter was going to be Evan Carter and Wyatt Lankford. It didn't matter who was pitching. There were only six batters in the game. Every other inning, you had 17-year-old, foot 200 200-pound Sebastian Walcott, the 17-year-old playing shortstop, who's as soon as Evan Carter graduates from the prospect list, which will be the first two weeks of the season when he hits his 30 days in the major leagues, he has to go off your prospect list. And then when Wyatt Lankford goes off the list, Sebastian Walcott is your next, what they're hoping to develop into a superstar franchise-like player. That's three years down the road because he's not 18 years old yet. But to get to go down there and see um, Wyatt Lankford and to see Evan Carter, and Evan Carter hit a bomb about 410, mm-hmm. uh, closer to center field, but in that right center gap against John Gray, and then to see Sebastian Walcott playing shortstop, and you're just up against a fence. You're watching it like you'd watch Choppy, your son, play baseball. Mm. And it's like, this is freaking amazing uh, that you're this close to the action and, and getting to see everything. Michael Young was right in front of me. He was on the other side of the fence, obviously, well. uh, watching and <laughs> probably giving his opinion on what he's seeing and everything. But 
it's really fun. They do that more now than when I used to play. You guys heard the Buster Posey whispers when it comes to Justin Foscu out there. Have you heard any of that? Yeah, I heard I heard y'all's discussion on that this morning, and I, I just don't I, – I can see the temperament discussion uh, on the way that he approaches the game, but, the, like, there's clearly a difference in the skill level of the player. John Smoltz joining us here in Crosstalk. Yeah. I guess you'd know better than Buster Posey's coaches, Corey. Well, I mean, you're, you've got a really good point there. Uh, I also would love – you know, if I'm a coach, if I'm on this uh, in this staff, I would love to talk really highly about a guy that could be a really good trade piece at some point. Uh, I would love for people to think that uh, you're getting a, a player like that. So, But I'm not – this isn't any whispers or what anything like that from around here. Well – Buster Posey won, was Rookie of the Year, won the World Series, and then won three World Series in his first five years while then changing the catching rules about touching a catcher because (laughs) he got blown up and and had to miss a season. And they're like, we're changing the rules. This is a franchise-changing player, and we got to protect these guys. Is Buster Posey, you have to remember, I have a tough time comparing him to Justin Foscue in this way. He's catching – I don't know, 20 different pitchers a season. He's having to come up with game plans in his head versus every hitter in the National League, some in the American League. Then he has to know the sequences of pitches that gives hitters uh, problems. And then he comes up to bat, and then he's smart enough, and this is why he's, I think, a future Hall of Famer pretty easily. Then he knows because he's a four, he's a catcher, He knows what pitchers are maybe trying to do and the sequences that they're going to use to get him out. And he was so smart, he would use that to his advantage going, well, if I was catching right here, what he just did to me, the next pitch is going to be here. And so Buster Posey, there's just no way that a second baseman, for the most part, would be able to have the same education as a catcher would because they're, they're, they're having to study so much more then and maybe Bobby could talk about that a quarterback versus a wide receiver like the quarterback has to know more and will know more because they're given more uh, on their on their table than a wide receiver is so what I'm hearing is the fact that Justin Foskey is getting compared to Buster Posey while he has all those advantages only speaks to how incredible he is I hope so. He's trying to ask you a serious question, Bob. <laughs> yes, uh, the quarterback, the quarterback and the safety generally are viewed as the guys who have to have the best awareness of everybody's IQ. responsibilities IQ. on both sides of the field because they've got to they've got to know everything Center field and catch. whereas like i mean like jason kelsey recently talked about this with travis kelsey they were talking about coverages they do this cool segment on the new heights podcast where people send in like football 101 questions like really basic level questions that you think everybody should know and then travis and jason explain it and one of the things they were asked about they were asked about coverages and jason started to explain it and he's like i'm gonna have to stop at some point because he's like i genuinely don't know He's like, Travis is going to know better because Travis has to go up against it. So Travis knows these meanings. For me, I don't need to know those things necessarily. And he's like, so I won't have that same level of knowledge that Travis will. So that is an advantage that you get. What have you guys been doing to get in, into trouble out there? What's been what's been uh, the, the fan? Us? Never. Peloton Mike. Okay. Oh, right, really? Sean, Sean, you remember, was it Oxnard or something like that when you were taking video of Mike doing his boxing Yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever he was out there doing his thing? Or maybe it was Arizona uh, for uh, for, no, it was, uh, it for was, the Super Bowl. I think it was, it was Super Oxnard. Bowl. It was, it was uh, in that little gym. Punching. I yep. think it was Super Bowl. The uh, That being said, <laughs> Mike got on the Peloton yesterday, and he started riding the Peloton. And I was in the gym on the treadmill just kind of watching a movie. 
and I have I have earbuds that have sound like canceling canceling earbuds. I could hear Mike singing at the top of his lungs through my sound canceling earbuds, and it ruined the movie movie for me. And then he's like, "Hey, Corey, you ever seen RoboCop? Oh my gosh, I just started watching RoboCop." And I was like, "Should I be rolling on this right now? Because this is Mike was he was so loud. You're the loudest Peloton rider." Why your hotel has a sense. Peloton? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah right. it's a nice hotel. This is is this the nicest hotel we've ever stayed at <gasps> in for the fans? For these trips? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. This is it's really <laughs> nice. I stayed in nicer hotels when I stayed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Your, your, your CBA uh, required five star yeah. isn't available here. It is a it is a quality place. It really it really is nice, and it's very close. Except for they closed the road off uh, for our drive over. So a drive that should take what two minutes ends up taking about ten uh, to go the mile around. So it's kind of crazy. So Mike, is that the first time you watch RoboCop? I've never watched RoboCop before. Uh, I stuck with it. It was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. There were two. There were two guys with samurai swords that I guess were also machines that were going to take out RoboCop. Uh, it was horrible because at some point the bad guy has a gun in his hand. He realizes these two girls are hitting in some sort of computer program to make the two samurai sword machine guys mm-hmm. fight each other. And I'm like, you have a gun. You're a bad guy. Shoot the two girls. You know they're doing something wrong. And he's like, I can't believe st- what are you guys guy. doing? And I'm like, I don't know. Shoot them and then they'll stop. <laughs> it would have been a lot better movie if RoboCop would have paid Demi Moore a million dollars to like sleep oh with her God. or whatever. <laughs> now, is this because it's a bad movie or it's just too old? No, it's a great movie. RoboCop? It's yeah, I mean, look, if you see it now in the parlance of that, like the, the special effects, are be if you watch Terminator for the first time now, you're going to be like, this is awful. RoboCop is great. It's a it's an 80s classic. <laughs> it was shot at the uh, City Hall, Dallas City Hall, right? Really? There's, yeah, there's some scenes there, was... there from Dallas City Hall. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, was, have, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Corey. I was watching a movie called uh, uh, Self-Reliance on Hulu. Excellent. If you movie. haven't seen this movie... The premise is dude just yeah, dude just gets uh, asked if he wants to win a million dollars, but he can't be alone. Otherwise, he'll be murdered. Uh, and so it is fantastic. It's really good. So get a chance. Check that one out. Kevin, have you booked anything? You know, Super Bowl. You uh, were getting Cirque du Soleil. Do they have anything out there in surprise for you to <laughs> go and uh, and enjoy locally? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to uh, spend more time with everybody because, upon reflection, going to Cirque du Soleil and my magic and comedy shows, maybe <laughs> I didn't spend all of the time with the people. So I, I went to uh, Barrio Queen last night with the guys for their mediocre uh, Mexican restaurant Hold experience. On. But what But what was happening there? And let's go ahead and bring this to the table. Maybe Broadus, we can talk about it with him later. Oh dear. What did you want to see happen? Okay, look, and I have not discussed this with Broadus whatsoever. <laughs> Broadus is just a polite person. I just want to put that out really? there, right? <laughs> this is all my projection. Mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. had a we had a younger gal as a waitress, and her and Broadus were kind of bantering back and forth. And at one so. point, like nothing happened, but at one point I leaned over to Corey and I was like, I would really like it if like Broadus got her number or something. <laughs> and I don't know why. They I just thought this conversation. I just I just thought that they had a fun little back and forth mm. and I'm sure he was just being polite, but in my mind I was like, That's good. I hope they I hope they get to hang out or something. How old was she? What what age range? Probably 25, late 20s. 24? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, somewhere in that yeah. range. Yeah, it's probably 
probably. I don't know. Did he call her ma'am nonstop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am. Because he's just, I don't mean he's to ask for polite. more water. He's just a gentleman. He's That's what polite. He is. Did he offer to buy any of you guys your dinner even though he you can expense it? Kevin's and Rubens. Yeah, he, t- uh, why? he did this to me at breakfast in Vegas. He goes, I got your breakfast. I said, we have the company account. has my breakfast. Yes. It's expense. And he's like, no, no, no. It's on me. Trust me. Well, and he, he wanted to, I know, at least for me, because of the car rental ra- uh, rope-a-dope that we pulled on Thrifty. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I really think that was them. important to him, and I appreciate it. But he, oh, he, yeah, again, it's, <laughs> y- 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 there's an expense account. That would be good mm-hmm. for me because I don't expense. So it actually mm-hmm. would be saving me money. That's if right. It to me. Or I always try to save the company money. That's Thrifty, I hope you're not in a hurry because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> The KMC Masterpiece is next from Surprise. We're back tomorrow with the Hump Day Edition. Hump Day. KMC, right here on The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.